Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live at. All right, good evening, everybody. Good to be with you guys tonight. Um, For those of you who have never been to an encounter night, um, this was created a little over two years ago. And the purpose of it was to create a space where we could learn about the movement of God um, in the, through His Spirit. And yeah, I, th- I think we've done that. Um, and we've brought, for the most part, we've brought outside voices in to teach us because that's something that we didn't really know much about. And so to start off, especially uh, several years ago, we were inviting people and God kept introducing me to people and, and other people would suggest people. And, and uh, it's been such a great experience and a wild ride. And, and at some point we began to realize, gosh, we've, we've actually learned a decent amount ourselves and we have something to say. And so that's why, um, and every time we have an encounter night, the process for that, um, how we decide what that's going to look like is I just literally come before the Lord and say, who do you want to come and share? And for, um, and I was doing that as, it was actually, away, as I was away at Bethel, conference, I felt like the Lord said, um, have, I want you and Corey to share about words of knowledge. And so, um, and then something around, around healing as well. Um, so tonight what we're going to do is Corey and I are going to teach on, on words of knowledge and our experience of that. Um, we're going to look at the scriptures and, and uh, show you in the text where that comes from. Um, that's one of the things that's extremely important for us at Washington is to be grounded in the scriptures um, and so everything that we're going to talk about comes out of that place and is grounded in that place or comes back to that place if it's our own personal experience. So if you have your Bibles, um, you can open to First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. That's where Paul talks to the church in Corinth about gifts, spiritual gifts. And we're going to kind of start there and then we're going to go different places from there. But um, yeah, tonight... Um, I'll tell you this, that, that I know the Lord is going to speak to us tonight because um, we're going to come before him and we're going to ask. And that's a beautiful thing, that the fact that God speaks um, and he still speaks. And that is something, even that, that many of us might have to, to um, work through that truth. Because when I grew up, I didn't grow up in any kind of place that told me that God would speak to me in any other way except from the scriptures or from a predominantly well-educated white man up in front on a stage preaching from the Bible. And to come to that realization that God, not only is God still speaking, but God wants to speak. And that any person who carries the very presence of God and the spirit of God within them um, has direct access to that. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of quieting ourselves and centering ourselves and, and asking. And, you know, Jesus says you do not have because you do not ask. And I, I thought that I grew up thinking that was kind of a cliche type thing. But then I began to realize, no, he really meant it when he said it. <clears throat> because I began to ask and, I, and God began to answer in, in ways that I had no idea. Um, and, and even like in moments to hear the voice of God in my life has been just profoundly impactful. So 1 Corinthians 12, um, this is the context. One of the things about the Corinthian church is it was a pretty wild place. Um, and Paul is writing, and most of Paul's writings are corrective teaching writings. He's not writing usually to people because they're doing a bang-up job or they're doing great and they don't need any kind of insight or influence. He's writing to them because something needs to shift or change or be tweaked or a better understanding is, is required. And so... Um, the same is true with this. One of the things that we don't comprehend as well is Corinth was, was a Roman-occupied area, um, and they had temples all over the place. And you could pagan worship was just the normal thing in the Roman Empire. Um, Christianity was just another religion, um, actually a pretty young one at the time that Paul's writing, obviously. And so he's writing to a group of people that are used to and accustomed to um, spiritual things. The Corinthian church was not a stranger to the spirits. Um, going and worshiping and experiencing spirits, having visions, um, 
experiencing different kinds of what they would consider, uh, what we would consider spiritual gifts, but they would call them different things, but they would function along the same routes. They just were, didn't come from the spirit of God. They came from other spirits, demonic spirits that were powering temples and, and religions and driving things and, and uh, causing people to have visions and revelations in the same way that we as Christians can, but they were just demonically backed. So again, the, the Corinthian church was not um, unaccustomed to the spiritual life and the spiritual world. And in fact, probably part of the reason why the spiritual gifts just took off in the Corinthian church was because there was this openness to the movement of spirits, period. And Paul was trying to get them to redirect that to a better understanding of who God was through Jesus Christ. And once they began to give their lives to Christ, um, Paul was teaching them then how to ask the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, for direction and guidance and, and things like that. And so a lot of Corinthians is written out of that place where he's trying to get them to come out of their old way of thinking from pagan religion and into the new reality um, in which there was only the one God, Yahweh. And, and then all of this obviously functions through Jesus, the, the resurrected Christ. So this is what he says. Now about the gifts. This is just verse 1 in chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. So what I want to do is I want to just kind of lay a background on, on spiritual gifts as a whole, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this. And then tonight we're going to focus on one of the gifts, which is a word of knowledge, um, which he mentions in here in that li gift list. So a couple things about spiritual gifts. First off, in Mark 16, 15 through 17, Mark says this. It's Jesus. He's, he's quoting Jesus when he says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the, the gospel of, to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, <clears throat> but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Okay, so Jesus is saying this right as he's about to ascend to be with the Father after the resurrection. And he's teaching those, not just the 12, but it's expanded way beyond the 12 at this point. And a lot of those people ended up in the upper room when the, when the Spirit of God fell and descended in Acts chapter 2. But that word signs... I want to key in on there. So the word signs comes from the word, Greek word simeon, which described the official written notice that, that announced that a final verdict of a court had been given. Right? It also um, described the signature or seal applied to a document to guarantee its authenticity. So essentially, what I want you to understand is the gifts of the Spirit of God, when they are being used are a signature or a stamp of the authenticity of the person of who God is. Does that make sense? So, and, it, and it's kind of laughable in a way because a huge part of the church has, has said to themselves, oh, this is not a thing anymore. But literally, Jesus is saying, when these things happen, it's a sign of my approval of what's going on, on in the church or in the world or outside the church. I mean, the, the gifts are for the church, they're not created to stay within the church. They're designed to go outside of the church. But the church is one of the best places to practice them and to work on them and to hone them. And that's what, exactly what we're doing tonight, which is, which is going to be fun. Okay? The signs of, of God or the gifts of the Spirit announce to the world that God is real. That's one of the major differences that I've come to realize between um, 
Christianity outside of miracles, signs, and wonders is an encouraging faith to live by. But it's right up there next to other religions and philosophies. Now, granted, and of course, with Christianity, even without the gifts, you have access to the Father, and, and at the end of life, we get to spend eternity with God. And we get to go to heaven, which is awesome and great. It's all good. But one of the best ways to show the world that God is who he says he is, is to live out your giftings that God has given you. And if, if you have a relationship with God, you have access to all the gifts, period. And you have gifts that already within you that God has given you. And part of the journey and the calling of, of a follower of Jesus is to awaken those things. It's actually your responsibility to do that. Um, and so this, that's why it's important to have environments where we can step into those places. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 says this, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, this is Peter talking. Um, after the Spirit has fallen, he gets up. There's a huge crowd of people. And, the, and this is part of his sermon. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. So literally what Peter is saying there is that the miracles and the signs and the wonders that Jesus did validated who he said he was. That's important. There's all kinds of things that Peter could have said that would have validated who Jesus was, right? But he had those miracles, signs, and wonders, and he did them, and they actually validated to the world that he was who he said he was. And I think the same thing is true of us. When we begin to use our gifts, we're validating our relationship with God and that God is real to the world. Because I can tell you this, if you share the gospel with people, it's a great thing. If you show them the gospel, it's an even more powerful thing. And we are called to reveal God to the world. And what I would share with you is, in my experience, laying hands and praying over somebody and seeing them healed, their eyes get much wider in their life. Or somebody get delivered from demonic oppression, all of a sudden there's an openness in them that wasn't there before. Because before you're just kind of talking some sort of theology or philosophy. Now you're showing, you're literally showing them what God is like. It's a night and day experience difference, especially when it comes to evangelism. I think evangelism without the gifts is... is Operating with your hands tied behind your back. It just is, that's been my experience um, in, in my life. So Jesus' works validated his ministries, and the use of the gifts are just, I think, absolutely crucial for us as, as followers of Jesus. Now, verse 7, it says this, um, first, back to 1 Corinthians 12. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So Paul's literally saying to the church in Corinth, each and every one of you has a gift. At least a gift. I would think if Paul were sitting here, he'd say to you, each and every one of you has the gifts of the Spirit. I think each and every one of you has access to all the gifts. And, and oftentimes it's about faith and hunger, depending on how far you go with those. But I've ebbed and flowed and operated in all, all kinds of the gifts. Um, depends on the scenario. Depends on the situation. Um, that's different than a gifting that I can just kind of have flow out of me almost on a moment's notice. Does that make sense? So like there's situations where God allows things to happen based on what is needed, and I've experienced that before. Like I'll give you one example. Um, when we've had David Cuppet here before, and, and he's, he's taught, um, for me the gift of prophecy flows like crazy when he's here, for whatever reason. And it's different for me. It's, it's spotty. Um, it still happens. It just isn't as frequent, and it doesn't flow as, as easy for me when that happens. And I think that connects to the fact that the scriptures, Paul says, I wish that you would all prophesy. Well, if he says that, it means it's possible. Does that make sense? So it's important for us to, so literally Paul is saying, um, everyone gets to play. There's, there's a great quote John Wimber said, there's no unemployment in the kingdom of God when it comes to the gifts. Okay? So they are for everybody. They are not badges of awards. Um, they are for the common good. I've seen people who function in, in some of the gifts and I've wrestled with it in my life because I know like how they're living their life is not the best. And I'm like, what the heck, Lord? They have these gifts? Yeah, because they're gifts. <laughs> they're not merit badges or rewards. They're gifts because God is a good and gracious gift. And we're all deserving of it and none of us are deserving of it at the same time. 
Okay. Uh, the gifts are many. He, he lists nine here, but there's more that exists. Um, we, all, we all each have and can function um, in them, and it's, it's such a gift. And they teach us to receive and give away God's grace. Really, at the end of the, the day, that's what the gifts of God do. Because they're not for you. That's the beautiful thing of the gift. The gift is not for you. The gift is that God flows through you and gets to use you to bless other people, to make himself known, okay? to reveal himself outside the church and to deepen people's faith inside the church. Okay. If I could speak on that for a second, should we? Um, one of the big spiritual principles that God has worked on with me is about there is a posture of being good at receiving gifts. Mm. So I don't know if you guys can relate, but I'm not super great around like Christmas time or my birthday. Those of you that are friends with me know, like I like to pretend my birthday doesn't happen every year. And I think growing up, I wasn't really, I didn't learn a posture of how to receive gifts well. And so there is a reality in which we can be given gifts and we reject the gift. We're not happy with the gift. We don't believe it's actually a gift. Um, and that was taking that kind of literal principle and flipping it into a spiritual reality was really helpful for me. And the other thing that was really helpful is like when someone hands you a gift, if you imagine it physically, you have to have your hands available to receive it. Um, and for me, that was the biggest. If we're going to talk about words of knowledge and we're seriously going to get to a point tonight where we ask God to give us something, if our hands are closed and our minds are closed, pick whatever you want to say is closed, yeah. uh, well, I think we're going to get then the gift and it's going to bounce right off and we're going to drop it or whatever analogy you want to use. But that's just been really, really helpful for me in working with a lot of us, myself included, being frustrated of like, I'm asking. But then I realized I was asking closed-fisted and I was asking with a posture of like, I don't actually want, I don't know if I actually want to receive what I'm asking for. Um, so I just hand that to you. I, I think it's going to be really helpful for us tonight to, we're going to get into a posture of really opening our hands and also being able to just evaluate with God, like, do I even want to receive gifts from you? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, one of the things I've realized is, is God will never force himself on you. Like there needs to be an openness. The enemy will happily do that to you, but God will not. He will not kind of break that free will barrier. And, and I, he values that. And he, he gave that to us and he honors that. And so he, he wants us to draw near to him. And if we do that, he responds. But um, I mean, there's stories where, where God kind of, I, I've heard, in life, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, things happen to people. But for the most part, um, it's it's a posture of an, a, a soft heart and, and an open hands and saying, Lord, use me. Here I am. Uh, and if you look throughout the scriptures, that's all the major people of faith have always, that's what they say. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Use me. So what is a word of knowledge? That's the one we're going to focus on tonight. Um, and we're going to share biblical examples of words of knowledge, and then we're going to share life examples of words of knowledge, and then we're going to invite you guys to, to practice tonight around that. So a word of knowledge is essentially an insight into um, freely given by God into somebody's life of something that's going on. And it's something you cannot know. Um, you can't Google it. You can't look it up. You can't read it in a book. It's that kind of thing. It's, it's like uh, happens behind closed doors type information about somebody's life. All right? And often, um, when this word of knowledge is given, it unlocks something in somebody in their life. And it's always unto a purpose. It's always for a reason. Uh, oftentimes, I've seen words of knowledge given, for the, for the most part, around healing. And it literally announces to a space or a room or an individual, God wants to do this right now, um, is essentially what's going on. And, and it's mind-blowing when somebody you don't even know tells you something about yourself that they shouldn't know. And, and if you have faith, you're like, and you have a frame of reference for that, you're like, oh, this is the Lord. He's literally like breaking down these walls right now in my life to get to me in a way, in a good way, because he loves you. And God works and functions always out of that place of love. So here's some biblical examples of words of knowledge that you may not have even have realized were words of knowledge. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, God sends Nathan to David to confront him about his sin. Okay? Do you guys know this story? King David, the season of war, he doesn't go to war. He takes Bathsheba um, on his own and, and sleeps with her even though she is not his wife. And this is something that nobody's going to know about. 
right? David can do whatever David wants to do. The king of Israel can do whatever he, he desires in that culture. And Nathan, who doesn't even live in the palace, is summoned in, and God basically says to him, go confront the king on what's gone on. Why? Because God revealed to Nathan a word of knowledge about what had taken place in David's life for the purpose of restoration. Not the purpose of condemnation to make David feel bad, but to restore him back to that right relationship with God. And again, it's a beautiful image of a word of knowledge. Second Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 9. I love this story. There's so many great things about this story. But this is when, before they have a king, and Samuel is the prophet, um, and uh, Saul, who's going to be the first king, is still kind of a young man. And Saul goes looking for his donkeys, because his donkeys are lost. And so his servant goes with him, and he's trying to find them. And he runs into Saul, who is his prophet, or they call him a seer, because the Lord shows him things. And uh, before he even realizes what's going on, Samuel says to Saul, hey, your donkeys are fine. They're over in this place, and they're being taken care of. You don't have to worry about them. Okay? How did Samuel know about Saul's donkeys? Well, the Lord showed him what was going on in that place. And, and really, uh, if you look at the story as a whole, Saul, who is face-to-face with, um, it's kind of a, a funny thing, and, and this shows kind of his youth and immaturity, He's literally face-to-face with somebody he's, and he's, like all of Israel has heard about Samuel at this point. Samuel has this massive reputation. He's well-known, well-revered, well-respected as a prophet. And so the Lord reveals things to him. And Saul is face-to-face, or Samuel's face-to-face with Saul, the one who God speaks to and God shows things. And literally the one question he asks this man is, where's my donkeys? He could have asked him anything. And yet he, the thing he was most worried about, and why do I t- tell you that? Because God knew Saul had to get over his donkey thing before he could hear, hey, guess what? You're going to be king. And so God is so gracious. He literally met that need, which was really insignificant. But to Saul, it wasn't. It was significant. And he, he brought his mind at peace so that Saul could hear a greater truth. Words of knowledge do that for us in impactful ways. Matthew chapter 9. Um, Jesus addresses the scribes, um, and he knew what they were thinking. Now, again, you can say, well, it was Jesus. You know, he's God. He knows everything. I believe that Jesus chose to operate under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit as a, as a human being. Never stopped being God at any moment of time. But he chose to live that way to model for us how to live, right? In the same way that Jesus got baptized. What's the purpose of baptism? Well, no, for forgiveness of sin, right? Why was John baptizing in the Jordan River? So that people were to repent and, and be forgiven of sin, right? Repent, because literally one is coming, is what John was saying. Jesus doesn't need to repent of anything, living a, a pure, spotless life, sin-free life. And yet he does it as an act um, and modeling for us. And so I think he does the same thing here. And it, and it happens several times where, where, uh, where he does it. Again, in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, he knows the thoughts of the Pharisees. Those are revealed to him. And he speaks them out. Hey, this is what you guys are thinking. That's a word of knowledge. Whether you think he did it as God totally could have, or the Holy Spirit told him that, either way, it, that's what it is. It's a word of knowledge. And then John 4, one of my favorite stories, the woman at the well. Jesus encounters the woman at the well. And he knows all this stuff about her. That's a word of knowledge. That's exactly what Paul is talking about to the church in Corinth when he's describing these spiritual gifts. So, word of knowledge, they give incredible insights into to, to God's movement and what, what God desires to do. Um, they reveal sin in people's lives for the purpose of forgiveness and reconciliation. Um, they bring healing, can take place. They warn you to provide safety. Joseph is warned in, in a dream about a famine. That's a word of knowledge about what God is about to do. Um, and they bring greater insights. So, and, and often words of knowledge, again, in, in what scenarios I've been in um, are often around healing and the healing that God wants to to have take place. Yeah, so I thought it'd be a little presumptuous to just share some really cool words of knowledge with you. And I, so I would love for us to just be brave. And if there is anyone who's willing to share 
that they've received and been able to release a word of knowledge before in their life. Craig. Yeah, it happened this weekend, actually. Awesome. I told Jimmy this story. So I was at um, my uncle's funeral service, um, and the service was not at a funeral home. It was at just their church. And so um, the good thing is, is, is you know, I've, I've been to some churches before, and you walk in, and you're like, I don't feel the Spirit of God in this place. You know, I just, I, this place was not like that. This place, I was like, I walked in right away, and I'm like, wow, like this, I can feel that here. And um, I had to get up and speak um, about my uncle, and I did. And then um, the minister got up, and he was speaking. He gave this very nice service. And he was reading the Bible, and I, I, I had this feeling when I was speaking to the crowd, looking at everybody, that these were mostly all church people that were there. And I'm like, this is just this, a, a nice bunch of people. And as I'm listening to the preacher talk, I'm like, this, you know, this would be a nice church to go to. I just got this feeling. And then all of a sudden, it just hit me out of nowhere. You have to talk to this pastor after the service. Mm-hmm. And the voice was very direct and said, you need to tell him that things are going great here, but he's got to take his flock. He's sorry, he should be unafraid to take his flock deeper into the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have any idea what that means, but I did. I pulled him aside after the service, cool. and I just told him, I said, look, I'm just, it's just a message, and I feel like the Spirit led me to tell you this, and I don't know what to do with it, so I'm going to tell you, yeah. and it's up to you to do with it, you know? Yeah. And I told him, and he was... First, I think he kind of looked at me a little weird, but then he was like, I appreciate you being sensitive to the Spirit. And then, you know, I'll pray about that. And I said, that's, it's all you now. It's all you. I'm just, just a message for you. Yeah. So, so how was it communicated to you, Greg, if you could articulate that? So I was kind of in and out of praying, mostly because I was just, I mean, the, my, my initial thought was I was praying for my aunt. I was praying for, you know, just, I don't know what she's going to be going through and, and that sort of thing. And um, my uncle had a very long, prolonged death because he died of dementia. Mm. And um, so she, my aunt called it the long goodbye. Mm. And so on the surface, she's doing very well because I think she's very relieved just that he's out of pain. Sure. But I think it's going to hit her like a ton of bricks here soon. Yeah. So I was just kind of praying for that. Just, you know, Lord, help her and, and help her to reach out to people because she can be very stoic about things. And I was just, I was just praying. It wasn't about, Lord, help me hear this word of knowledge. Yeah, true. Yeah. It was just praying. You heard it in your head, though, is what I'm. Thinking. It was clear as a bell. Yeah. Clear as a bell. And, and I've had, I mean, if I could, I don't mean to speak too much, but I can tell you this has happened to me. I don't know. Well, I don't know if this falls under words of knowledge or not, but the Lord has spoken to me before on other things, clear as a bell. Sure. It just says, this is it. And, and you know it when you hear mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah. And if you ever, and when I hear it, sometimes I specifically pray, you know, reverse gears if I'm praying about something else and start saying, Lord, if this is not from you, get it out of me. You know, if I'm just making this up or it's just, it's from the enemy or something else, just get it out of me. But okay. you do that enough and you can be, I think you can take some, some solid wisdom that what you're hearing is really for the Lord. Yeah, thanks. That's okay. good. Can I see the hand just one more time? People who have received a word of knowledge before. Perfect. For the sake of time, we won't share them all, but I'm just really encouraging to me that, guys, God's on the move. And whether I love that the dam really, to me, hasn't broken because we haven't spent time praying and fasting and knocking on the door to have an avalanche and a flood of words of knowledge uh, to see Toledo turned upside down, but he's already been so gracious. Um, Let's hear a couple more. Oh, yeah. They're good stories. Oh, okay. Hands back up. I don't want to be the arbiter. Who's feeling? Go ahead, Mike. Um, I've been blessed to have many. Uh, one that was stuck out to me, um, uh, I've had a lot when I've been in pastoral counseling conversations with people where the Lord just like dropped yeah. bombs on me. I was uh, on a phone call once. I was an on-call pastor for a mega church. Uh, it was, we rotated who had the responsibility. And um, there was a woman who called in, um, and she was in a relationship. It was like a random conversation, not face-to-face, so she was being vulnerable, but she was engaged to a guy. And um, she was telling me that she was um, seeing and in, 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 in relationships with somebody else, and she was trying to ask me how to handle it. And the Lord just told me the name Tom. And wow. I was just like, so she's processing, and I'm just like, um, ma'am, I just took the Lord from the name Tom on my heart. Is that by chance a name so significant to you? And she just froze. And she's like, that's the guy who I'm seeing. Yeah. That's the other guy. Yeah. Like, 
And so I guess I was able to like then lean in with the yeah. biblical counseling. Yeah. There's this moment where it's like right on. nothing punctures a heart like from the Lord says. Oh yeah. <laughs> like calls you out. Hey, his name's Tom. Like you know. Yeah. And so that was I could tell you a bunch of stories, but that was a cool one. That's good. Oh, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Mine happened at work. I didn't know what it was. I, mm. I'm only now learning what it even was. But I sat in a pod of people, and um, I didn't really know the woman very well. Uh, that her, her dad had just passed. Um, she had just gotten back to work, and um, I just couldn't focus that day. And it just all that was in my head is just keep talking, Jenny. Just keep talking. And that's the name of the, the, the woman. And it just got so loud and so distracting. I could not do my work. So I just went over and I'm like, and this is like very, everyone's quiet, stares at their feet. And so I was like, Jenny, I'm really sorry to bother you, but uh, just don't stop talking. And I whispered it to her and she like froze and her head whipped up and she said, what do you mean? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm really sorry I started back out of it. This yeah. felt awful. I didn't know what I did. I, I didn't even know what I was doing. And she said, my dad died and I stopped talking to him this week. Mm. And I I just didn't, I, I, just, I don't even remember. I, I don't remember much else because I was reeling. I didn't know what the had just happened. Yeah. Mm. No, it's I still don't really know. It just yeah. what happened, but it was awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Thank for, you so much for sharing. For going for it. Yeah, I want to share some cool ones. That, did you want to share? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, brother. Mm-hmm. So, was uh, like uh, probably a year ago. Um, Julie, you were the one that gave me this one. I, I have this on my notes app. Um, it's just um, basically um, it was like sort of an image, really, where someone gave me a T-shirt and it had like a picture of on it and it, you know the, what it said on it was take care of my sheep and um, but then you know um, I try it and it you know it's a little big for me and such like that and um, but then I hear the voice say um, it's a bit too big for you now but you'll grow into it and um, I, I feel really blessed with that word I still think that that word hasn't been fulfilled yet. I thought it would be while I was being the major of marching band, but I think that God is calling me to, towards something, and I don't know what it is, but it's going to be good. Thank you so much for sharing, Aaron. I think this is really, this might be really helpful. It's been really helpful for me in that here at Washington, I don't, we have no desire to like religiously label or categorize is it one gift? Is it many different gifts? Is this, when you read 1 Corinthians 12, is it just a helpful, you know, the splitting up Jimmy reference, there were nine that we see in the text, but if you've lived enough life, there are things that seem to happen that wouldn't fall into all these categories very neatly. And so what Greg and Aaron shared was like the revealing of God's heart. And for me, that falls under a prophecy. Um, and that's not to say that they weren't words of knowledge. I'm definitely not the authority on how to separate those things, but what Aaron's sharing, getting a vision, anytime God's heart is being revealed, we're operating in the prophetic in some sense. Versus uh, words of knowledge, generally speaking, if we think about it like the hard facts, the knowledge piece of the thing. And what I love about 1 Corinthians 12 is it gives you wisdom before knowledge. And I think particularly on purpose in that order to say like sometimes we get the knowledge piece, but if we don't know how to apply it, it may not be as helpful. And I think that's why Paul also talks about of all these, I would hope that you prophesy because you're revealing God's heart. Well, I thank you, Aaron. That's a really great example. And sometimes I think we get stuck in the, it doesn't matter what we're calling the things, but a word of knowledge generally, like my, if you get a name that you could not know, we generally, just to make it easy to talk to each other, would call that a word of knowledge. If you get something that has the heart of God language all over it that is to be interpreted by the person with God, to have them go to the next step with God, Generally, now we're in the yeah, in speaks the to the future. But they all are under the same umbrella of revealing gifts, yeah. so to speak. So they're, they're very much kind of interwoven with each other. So some really cool words of knowledge that have happened here at Washington in the recent years. Someone recently got up and shared that they were overcome with a really intense fear 
that they knew wasn't their own fear. as it, They didn't have something that they needed to be really afraid of. And they also had enough awareness and time of walking with the Lord to know like this, they were feeling and sensing something that was for a particular other person who was being overcome by fear. And it was very cool because we have the testimony of that person was able to link up with someone who was being deeply oppressed in this kind of frozen fear state. And they were able to get to a place of victory. We had someone recently get up and share about migraines, a very specific type of migraine that was affecting a specific part of someone's body, and they were able to link up and pray and continue to contend for the lessening of these migraines, which to my understanding is happening, and then yeah. uh, some of these other issues starting to be healed. So I, I talked to that person this morning who got prayed for, and they shared that they usually, like every other day, they struggle with migraines, and this person in a two-week period, has one, had one day um, since being prayed for, which was awesome. And I want to share, because I think it's really important, it's one of my passions here at Washington. We had someone share a very particular illness by name, and no one to, to, that we know of has yet responded. And I think that's important to say, like, we are a church who is practicing listening to the voice of God. There are many reasons why someone potentially didn't respond. They're embarrassed. They're not willing to admit it. The person who heard it didn't hear it correctly. All okay, none bad. Um, but a very specific illness was shared. And to say, if God revealed to you, you know, a, a very specific type of a name of a cancer that applied to a specific person, we would call that a word of knowledge. I called RJ to make sure it was cool. One of the <laughs> coolest testimonies ever is we had someone who I would say is in the shoes that we're in as far as what, didn't operate, didn't really understand, wouldn't have used the words word of knowledge. Um, felt this in shoulder pain that wasn't their own. So common with the, the healing ones, often uh, people have identified feeling something in their body that does not apply to their normal life. Pain in this particular area, but I don't have a history of pain in my knee. But now I feel this intense pain. And if we're paying attention, asking God, like, is this is this for someone? And then having the kind of gumption to release it. Someone had this intense shoulder pain that got up in front of us, if you were there on that Sunday, and released it. And RJ was obedient to say, like, I've been struggling this for years and years and years. And we just got off the phone, and it had been a year of no shoulder pain. Amen. Uh, word of knowledge. They, didn't, they couldn't know. Uh, obviously, this pain wasn't just this person having a weird thing episode. Um, and so, so those are just some of the cool ones that have happened at Washington. I want to share two that are, yeah, Julie. I have a question. Yep. So I always, I'm kind of like how that one has like a feeling and you like go and pray for someone. You're like, it's not my feeling. I always thought that was like more like mercy is what I always called it. So you would say it's a word of knowledge too? So, to, great question. <laughs> I, I am not, I am not passionate about getting sub-labeling it so heavy that we're like, was it this or was it this? I think often, a gift of mercy, you can feel this intense emotional connection to what other people are feeling. Uh, although if, if we're identifying that that also can be coupled with the injury, right? If you're feeling an intense, I love that using the gifts is a, is a ministry of compassion in my mind. And so if you have an intense physical feeling, like your knee really hurts, but you also feel some other things, right? And as a person who's not a great feeler, I don't have good words for what those other things are. Um, why can't it be mercy and a word of knowledge? Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, in this context, if you have a specific pain that you're feeling or a part of your body is highlighted that's not an issue that you have, we would call that a word of knowledge. Yeah, I would say one of the coolest things about God is uh, prerequisite to be used is not solid theology. It's just an openness. So you don't have to be able to define it or know it or categorize it. You just have to say, here I am, use me. And God, and you'll learn as you go because you'll, the more it happens to you, you'll want to dig into it and you'll, it'll take you to the scriptures and maybe reading other books and things like that. And, and you'll learn as you go, but you don't need to know in order to be used by God, which is really cool. Yeah. Two more that I think are just really helpful. We had a season where every Friday we were meeting to ask God specifically for words of knowledge, and then we would leave the church building and go wherever he told us to go. That place, we were operating in faith, that the place itself was a word of knowledge, and then also the people we were meeting along the way, we, were, we weren't, it wasn't going to be random. We were going to just trust that whatever God showed us, was, we were operating as if, and we, and we, with the heart that we were practicing. 
again, with this understanding that some of us didn't have open hands or were carrying some other baggage and couldn't receive gifts, but also just that some of it, I think what I'd love to release in this room is that if our expectation is just these things drop on us like a bomb and that's how God releases all of his gifts to you all the time, I just release you from that. I do not want to say that he doesn't drop bombs on people. He certainly does, and I want him to drop a ton. Uh, but I want us to have an expectation of he wants a co-laborer. Yeah. He wants somebody who wants to receive gifts. He wants someone who wants to open their hands. He wants someone to wrestle in the middle of a funeral with him and be asking and just in a place of openness and surrender. If our only expectation is it's only God, if I get struck by lightning, so to speak, then I release you. Uh, but on those Fridays, we now have people coming to Washington Church because of the words of knowledge that we received on those Fridays, going out, meeting those people, praying with them, and they are now members at Washington Church. That, to me, is extremely exciting because that's the kind of evangelism I can get behind. Um, also, people have been physically healed. We literally sat in this church building and asked God for words of knowledge, ended up somewhere in Toledo, and went to people that matched the words that he gave us and it led to them being physically healed of very intense ailments and for me it's been extremely encouraging i also want to share some of those fridays we received things and we never found the people or we never the, the place didn't match what we had thought we heard or we thought we found the people and it really wasn't the right fit um and some of that i would say a good percentage was we, we weren't you know we heard to the best of our ability but we were learning how to hear the voice and some of that we have to release because we don't know why it didn't match. But I've been extremely excited by how God has used words of knowledge in our community in a very, in my mind, short amount of time. Way more success than failures. With, oh, yeah. With going out. And it's just so encouraging on both ends. You tell the name Tom, you can see it in Mike's face. It was incredibly encouraging for that woman, but I know that it was a milestone for, for Mike and his faith. Like God spoke to me, the creator of the universe gave me something that was impossible for me to know. I heard him right. It changed a woman's life. Yeah. I want that for you. Yeah. <laughs> really bad. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. just imagine if we all start, I mean, that's one, one gift, right? Like, imagine if, as a church community, we pressed into all the gifts, but just even that one gift, how encouraging that could be and how impactful that could be, whether it's here inside the building or outside the building at your workplace. Um, God's basically like, yeah, let's, let's roll up our sleeves and partner together, yeah. which is neat. So before we go into a time of highlighting the many different ways God could come with a word of knowledge, we wanted to open it to some Q&A, <clears throat> just knowing that there's a, there's a good chunk who are already operating, but also that this is one of those kind of weird things, depending on our upbringing, depending on what we're wrestling with in life right now. So we would love to just open the floor to people who have questions. Before we do that, I think, let me share this um, story that Corey and I both read and that we've heard before from Randy Clark shares. And, and he has like a ton of experience with this. Um, somebody I really look up to and admire. And he, I'll, I'll just give you an example. He, out of his book, he says, I saw five impressions. He's telling a story that he was in a, a church gathering and he was, uh, came to this point where he felt like he was to give words of knowledge. But it sounded like this. I have five impressions. It was um, artisan and artesian, 17 staples, boat accident, and crowbar. Those were literally the words of knowledge he gave. And then he said, I'm not sure if crowbar is from the Lord. And, and one of the things I love about Randy is he's like an old dude, and he's super game, like just to try. And he's not afraid to fail. And he'll even say that. He's like, I'm just going to say this, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure on it. But to him, it's worth the risk because what if? So the words were all correct. There was an, um, an artisan from Artesia. There was a person with complications from surgery with 17 staples. There was a pastor who had been in a boat accident who was recovering. And there was a woman who had been beaten by her ex with a crowbar in the room. And they, they all stood for prayer. And they all received prayer and, and healing that night. But again, just to say, and Corey's going to go into a bit more details around like some of these things, you're like, come on, Lord, no way. Like, really? Like, I was, I was having a conversation, ironically, with the woman who now comes to Washington, who we met at Costco, and I told me, the Lord told me to go and pray for her. 
I'll, I'll just share the story. We were in the back room, and I, I've said this to, to many before. Literally, we were, we, were, we were sitting quietly asking for words of knowledge, and, and um, one of the words of knowledge that came forward was something about my mom. And I was like, that's really weird. So I actually didn't share it with the rest of the team that was there, because I felt like it was too strange. But it, it, the impression was definitely there. And so we, we felt led to go to Costco for different reasons, the things that people saw. And so we're there and, the, and like nothing is moving and flowing and I'm not finding any of the other things. And, and literally the Lord says to me, sit down right here and wait. And it was like near the front. And it was a time where they, like, they put couches out um, and they rotate things at Costco. So I was like, okay. So I sat there and I waited probably less than five minutes. All of a sudden this woman walks in who looks like my mom. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, it's right. And then, of course, Jimmy being Jimmy, she walks by. And I was like, I was like, well, should I go, should I go after her? I was like, how many times does the Lord have to speak to you? And then I said, I was like, all right, Lord, if it's her, why don't you have her come back around? And, you know, I'm like, put the fleece out, flip it over, put it out again, flip it over, right? And uh, so I'm sitting there. Sure enough, she doubles back to the optometry section where I have a clear line of sight to her. And I see her. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Now I gotta, now I gotta go. So I get up and I start following around Costco and you know, I, I don't know how you go through Costco, but usually you start on the right hand side, you work all the way to the left, you end up at the, at the register. But she's on the phone talking to somebody for like 30 minutes. So I'm just kind of hanging back, playing with things, waiting for her to get off the phone. She finally gets off the phone. And she would have been here tonight, except she's out of town. Um, so if, if she hears this, she'll, she'll laugh. She's finally in the uh, like frozen section, and I walk up to her, and I was like, hey, the Lord, I think the Lord wants me to pray for you. Um, and, uh, and I just told her, I was like, the Lord gave me an image of my mom, and, and you look exactly like my mom. And so can I pray for you? And, uh, and she's like, I was like, this is the out. You know, if she thinks I'm weird, she's going to take off. I want to, you know. And she's, she, she goes, yeah. And I was like, is there something specific you want me to pray for you for? And she stops. She goes, Let's see what you got. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I took a step back. I was like, all right, Lord. I need you to show me some things about this woman's life. And so I, said, I just waited almost for a minute in, in silence in the middle of Costco frozen food section. Me and this woman in, in a shopping cart. And he showed me these two things about her. And I was like, here we go. And so I s- said these two things. And one of them, she said... Um, she goes, yeah, that's right on. That's, that has to deal with my son and, and da, da, da. And the other one, she's like, I'm not sure about the other one. I was like, mm. And it was clear to me, like what I saw, what the Lord showed me. And, uh, and, but I shared it with her anyway. It was, it was about her home and, and how she had these, these round entryways to her home and how she's going to invite people into her home and really bless people and encourage people. And she just moved to Toledo, which was pretty wild. And, and that was it. Prayed for her. I was encouraged. You know, I was really encouraged by that movement, that connection. And I was like, oh, I can't wait. I hope she comes, you know, on Sunday. Nothing, like, I think it was two months later. I'm coming in. I wish I was in, I was in the prayer room with, with in there just getting, hanging out with people and getting prayed for and, and came in. So the service has kind of already started. I'm going back to the back to just kind of check in and see what's going on. And I'm walking there and all of a sudden she steps right in front of me. And she's like, do you remember me? And I was like, of course, you look like my mom. I'm never going to forget you. Um, she's like, I just have to tell you this. I went back and looked at my house, and all the windows have round dormers over it. She's like, you were right about both those things you told me. I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, but we were having a conversation, she and I, and uh, she was telling me about words of knowledge in her own life and how she was asking God for them, and she had this friend. And she, asked, she said, Lord, would you show me a word of knowledge? And all she came up with was javelin. She's like, that's weird. But she went to her friend, and she's like, hey, the Lord wanted me to tell you, javelin. And he just started, like, weeping. And she's like, well, must have been it. <laughs> Which is really fun, by the way. When, when you're right, like, when, you know, it's always a risk and a step of faith. But he's, he, like, was a, a decathlete. And javelin was like a huge part of his life. And, and something, I think, it connected with his relationship with the Lord and javelin. Like, and she just like punched through all these layers in a, in a second because of asking, God, would you show me something about 
this man's life. And she said to him, she's like, God loves you. He wasn't a believer. She's like, God, God is real and he wants to reveal himself to you. And it all, all of a sudden, and when that happens in, the, in those moments, like the people you're around or with, they either clam up because it's really scary because you're like, how in the world do you know that? Or there's this softness that comes and the spirit of God just begins to work in their life. So it's, it's actually really encouraging and amazing. So all that to say, everything's on the table when it comes to words of knowledge. Like keep talking seems totally bizarre and strange. So does javelin or 17 staples or crowbar. But just because it doesn't mean anything to you, and oftentimes it won't, doesn't mean it's not exactly what that person needs to hear in their life. So have enough faith to trust that what God gives you is exactly what needs to be talked about. Nothing more, nothing less. That's one of the things we'll talk about at the end. Like you don't add to it, you don't, just like the prophetic, you don't add to it, you don't subtract to it. Because you're literally imparting in that moment what God wants to say. And believe me, you don't, it's whatever he has to say is going to be better than whatever you come up with, even if you don't understand it. So I'm just wondering a, a bit about the process. So in, in, <clears throat> I remember one time, I think it was uh, one of the sessions after we had people speaking about when they were in California, and you asked everybody about, you know, to, to pray for a word of knowledge about somebody. Oh, yeah. And I did, I specifically did that. If you remember, I kind of stuck up at the end there. Yeah, yeah. But is that the process? I mean, is that the Lord, you know, I'm here, use me, reveal some word of knowledge to me that I can pass on to the right person or something yeah. like that. that? So you've already had the process because you shared your story earlier. So sometimes yes, and sometimes it's out of nowhere. Okay. But I do think the knocking principle is extremely important. Yeah. If we're not asking. There'll be more consistency yeah. if, you're, if you're doing that. But both, both are possible. Sure. Um, obviously, you experienced that, right? You weren't asking for a word of knowledge at the time at, at the funeral, no, right? No, not at the just funeral, but again, if, like together. I said, it happened in church. That would be very intentional about that. But, sure. But at the funeral, it just kind of hit me like, yeah. hey, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. question uh, for those of you that were here this morning my huge passion is like it's so funny to me and I, I see it in my own life on a daily basis we just received the creator of the universe just spoke to us and then we get in this weird trap like we can't ask follow-up questions to him as if like he turns it off and that's not a criticism like I literally have like on many occasions had unbelievable things happen and then I'm Take a step back. Days have passed. I'm talking to my wife about it. And I'm just like, why didn't I just ask, okay, what do you want me to do with it? Now? And I, as if I didn't expect him to reply. And I really believe like words of knowledge is all about co-laboring relationship. He's basically saying, I'll trust you with this. I'm going to see what you do with it. And almost always all he wants back is like, all right, God, I did the thing. Now what do you want me to do? I want you to follow up with the woman. I don't want you to do anything. Just release it. I'm taking care of it. Just trust me. Actually, here's another word, like, you know, whatever. But it's so fascinating that, like, we really want the word. But we, he really wants us to press into the follow-up. Just keep asking him. Just talk to him. It's hard. I don't... It's hard. I think a good rule of thumb... I mean, it's so... Yeah, it's, like, situational, right? All depends on the situation. Um, but a good rule of thumb is also oftentimes to pray, you know, and f so share that and, and then ask. That's, that's kind of what, how I operate. Share what you share. Oftentimes more will come from the person as a result of that. Like, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, God, this is what you want me to pray for. This woman who's, who's hurting because she's gone through this loss. Hey, can I pray for you around this loss? Is there anything specific? Or, you know, in, in Greg's case, if you were to go back, what I encourage you to do is be like, hey, but you, did you get a chance to pray for the pastor? 
Yeah, I, I, we, yeah. we prayed together. We, we, I pulled him off the service, you know, we did that yeah. there at that spot. So, then, yeah, that'd be perfect. So I'd lay hands on him and be like, hey, let me pray for you for boldness. Let me pray for you for the next. Let me pray for you that God would reveal what's next for you and, and as you lead this church, and, and this is what he wants for you. And so you just kind of pray into whatever was revealed in that word of knowledge is, is what I would say. It's a great question, though. Great. I'm just remembering verse 7. It's for the common good. So it's always going to be unto something. Yeah. He's not sharing you with us things just for us to know more than other people. And it's not just a show off that you're connected to the divine. It's always going to be on to. And I think we can ride that wave for a long while. Is this a relationship with a pastor long term? Is you were going to have the co yeah. I was going to say. So, right. Yeah. So often it unlocks things yeah. for people. Yeah. Great question. One, one additional phrase that's been helpful for me, um, it says for the common good. And I, I found that, I don't know, 98% of the words and knowledge I've had have been for other people, and maybe 2% have been for me. Yeah. Um, and just a word, I think that it feels like um, God just loves to show up when we say, God, how do I partner in ministry with you for these other people? Mm-hmm. Um, just just a, just a little side thought that yeah. I've had. Yeah. Absolutely. How, how did... So how did you know it was for you and not for someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'll pray and ask God about things <laughs> in my life. Um, and so if I'm directly asking about, you know, thoughts, direction, or whatever, I think that's, um, I mean, I guess that's, that feels more straightforward. Um, but especially from the ones where I wasn't expecting it or like in those counseling conversations or whatever, it's like, you know, those are God just starts, sometimes God just starts talking and it's like, this is for this person. So I guess it's more intuition, but... This feels like um, those environments where I met or I was thinking about and asking, like, God, how do you want me to share with this person? What do you want me to preach on Sunday? What do you, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. asking those questions, and God seems, seems so faithful to show up in those spaces when I'm praying those questions. So, yeah. yeah. It probably hits you different, too, if it's for you. Yeah. Right? There's, a, there's a deep, probably, knowing of yes. that. Yeah. But I would say, like Mike said, it's more, much more rare. Um, God delights in sending people to your doorstep and telling you what he has to say rather than just telling you directly. He loves to use his people, his children, to do things. The great default is just to ask. Yeah. Oh, is this for me? Yep. Oh, cool. Nope. Okay, who's it for? Not telling you yet. Oh, okay. And, if, and by the way, if you ever need help with that, like, that is, is so much easier than you think. And oftentimes it's easier to hear, my experience, it's easier to hear the Lord if you're sitting with others and they're praying along with you. Like, where two or three are gathered, you know, God is in, in your midst. Um, whenever I've had that experience, um, just had it the other day, I, I barged in on a meeting Corey was in the middle of, and I just told them, both those people, because I know them well, that they're going to pray for me. And they, and they did. God revealed some things, and, and we got to pray through some things, and it was really good. So, like, uh, the space, I would just want to call it the space of practice. So, like, that's also our lives. Um, and so, like, having these things happen, the, the question about... Um, who has received a word of knowledge and you were able to apply it? I, I, I would share that receiving, who has received a word of knowledge, but you didn't know what it was and you didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, that's so a good like, uh, That seems to be, and, and that's okay, and to walk in that space and, and question it and ask the Lord about it, because, so like, uh, a month ago, whatever, we were in Bethel, at the healing room, and so I'm in a space worshiping, um, and I see Dennis Jackson. He's in a space. If you've heard his story, it's just after something had happened to him. So I'm like, I need to go. I see him, and I'm like, I got to go talk to Dennis and find out this thing. So I get up, and I'm walking through these chairs, laid out kind of just like this. And I received, when I'm walking, I received an intense heat and pain in my right foot. And I'm walking. And I take a couple more steps, I'm like, whoa, Lord, what was that? <laughs> and so I turned around and went back, huh. and it was gone. Huh. And I was in this space of, oh, I'm going to see Dennis, but the Lord like revealed something right there, right. I feel like. And I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Because I was, I don't know if it was just me, and yeah. it was not like, oh, Lord, what is this? Yeah. And so, like, I think it, it to me, it's also a mercy that the Lord was just revealing something to me, and, and sometimes that just kind of happens, and I, I 
I it went away and I'm because I literally had the conversation of oh was that you Lord and if that was you make it happen again if I go back to that spot where it was it'll show up again and was it, it near me at all <laughs> I say you're me that one of my I got problems with my feet and so like I I mean huh. yeah yeah that's a that's an interesting question and so yeah. like so I I feel like sometimes we can receive them and we're like we don't know what to do with them. Yeah. We haven't we haven't practiced this enough, and that's okay because we're a lot of us we're we're all walking through that. Yeah. And we have the body of Christ. Where yeah. You feel like you have something. You can always go after brothers and sisters with you and say, "God, what yeah. we're trying to do here, right?" Right. So yeah. keep asking. Just make everybody be quiet. Does anybody in here have? <laughs> who did I just walk by? I'd love then to talk, this is not an exhaustive list, um, but there are some more common, I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, there are ways that people have expressed receiving words of knowledge, and I just want to put it out there that it's not exhaustive, and if there's a cool way that's never happened before and it happens in our community, then great. Uh, all about it. These are examples. Not, yeah, not exactly. Not the rule, not that if it's not on this list, it's not a word of knowledge. Um, so we've talked about feeling it in your body seems to be one that people can really relate with uh, insofar as they feel a pain that's not their pain often when it's connected to God's going to move in some version of healing or it's, it's revealing something that the, another person's physical body is struggling with I feel like we've talked about that one we have, RJ's a wonderful testimony to seeing it happen in our own midst it's happened multiple times here at Washington it's a really cool thing to see Sometimes it happens uh, seeing. Um, and what I mean by that is some of us really connect with God by seeing things in, like inside of our mind's eye, uh, however you want to say that. Um, I remember being in Brazil and I was riding on a bus knowing that the expectation was going to be that words of knowledge would be released to the service I was going to. And I just saw a, an image of like a human throat um, and I ended up praying for a lot of people with a lot of different throat ailments. And then it was one of those things of like, is God can give it to us with specificity so we can always pray for like, what I didn't do then, which I wish I would have done, is I really felt like what he showed me was from him, but there was no follow-up. And so just saying sore throat is like, well, welcome. <laughs> but seeing it is, and not hearing it can totally be a legitimate way that God speaks to people and get words of knowledge. Uh, reading it in your mind. And what I mean by reading is I mean actual words. This was really interesting to see while I was in Brazil. I actually had the privilege of befriending a doctor on the trip. And it was interesting that people would come to him and be like, I see this word and I don't know what it is. I don't even know how to pronounce it. And then he'd be like, oh yeah, that's blah, 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 blah disease. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And then so they, like cl clinical. Oh yeah. Words. Things that they definitely didn't know that were real words. And you know, having a doctor on the team was really helpful in yeah. that he'd be like, it's this, and you pronounce it like this, <laughs> uh, which was really humbling and cool to see. Um, mental impressions. My wife and I had the privilege of praying together the other day, and she came up to me and said, I just feel like God is sharing with me that, um, that someone's right hip is going to be healed tonight at a service that we were doing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Great. Uh, and then... We, had, we prayed for someone, and they didn't have any physical issues that they had shared, and so I was like, oh, and we prayed for another person. We finally got to this third person, and they shared that, and it, I was, it was super cool, they shared that they had a uh, really bad left hip issue. And we were like, oh, Kelly felt really, like that it was pretty clear from the Lord that it was right hip. And we're like, well, we heard hip, let's try to be obedient, we'll pray for healing for this person. And then my sweet wife, because she's awesome, we had been trying to talk to God about, like, man, that's something. And she literally just goes, is your right hip worse than your left hip? And you just said left hip, but you, but you want prayer for your right hip? And he's like, how could you possibly? <laughs> and he, he goes, I wanted prayer for my left hip because my right hip's been so bad for so much of my life that I only sleep on my left side. Just up on it. And I, yeah, I basically wrote it off. And she's like, God wants to heal this side, man. And then we prayed, and we saw a big, a beefy lad like myself doing some, some stretches, some big moves, some uh, testifying to his healing, and it was really cool to see. Um, 
So mental impressions for sure. Uh, sensing. I had the privilege of being with someone who on multiple occasions, um, they would get this like metallic smell or taste. And they had a ton of success praying for people with metal in their bodies, bolts and screws and things like surgeries and stuff like that. Yeah. And that was really interesting. That's nothing I've ever experienced, but it was interesting to be like, they, they had this, like, there's this smell or taste that came upon them that clearly wasn't in the room or something like that. Um, Dreams and visions. I have shared in the past. I had the privilege of the very first word of knowledge. I heard somebody give while I was in Brazil, uh, a man saw a vision in his mind playing like a video of a person riding a motorcycle, flipping over it, smashing their arm, and having a certain number of issues with that arm. And they, that was, we were in a church of 4,000 people, and there was one person that had that exact particular thing. And I think it's on YouTube somewhere, but she was healed. It was rad. It was real spooky to me. It was very specific and very, you know, it was, it was cool. You said it changed the atmosphere of the whole oh, man. church. Even when that happened. The people who were, you know, quote unquote, the, the prayer team were floored. It was like, oh, God's here. We're going to do something crazy. Uh, but a full on vision, you know, sure. Why, why not? Um, and lastly, um, I've never experienced this myself, but I have had quite a few friends who feel like as soon as, as Julie was saying, they get into this space with God of like full freedom. They find themselves saying things that they didn't know. So it's like in that, all the way to the, oftentimes we do this, Lord, can I have a word of knowledge? Can I speak in tongues? Can I have any of the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12? I just, I want your gifts. Then we wait and we want something unbelievable to happen and then we'll move. And I just think that is probably backwards for us in that he wants the movement and he'll provide the gifting. Um, But there have been multiple people in my life who have just shared like, they just get a sense that God's going to move and so they just start praying with people or talking with people and then the word of knowledge comes and it just flows out of their mouth and everybody's freaked out because the person who shared it's like I don't know where that came from and the person receiving is like how could you know that um, so again so not exhaustive at all but it, God what's cool for me is that God has a language it's not English and if we can release expecting him to do it in English all the time and we're open that he can talk in the language that he talks, which is in many different ways and can be extremely personal per person. Uh, he can give us all kinds of words of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what I want to do right now is, is we want to kind of shift gears into a time of, of just prayer. And what I'm, this is, we were going back and forth on, on what, we're going to look like, what this is going to look like and how this is going to go. But um, we want to just invite you to in a posture of reception. And, and just asking the Lord. Um, and we're going to come around and just kind of pray for you and lay hands on you. And then we're going to shift into a space where we are going to ask God um, for, for words for tonight, for people here. Um, and then move into praying for one another around what comes forward around that. Um, so, Lauren, if you put music on. If you could. Um, what I want to invite you to do is stand up um, and just have an open posture with your hands and just... Start talking to God um, about your relationship with him and and what you'd love to see and and what your desire is and how you'd love to be used in in that way. And and we'll kind of work our way around and and pray for everybody. And and then we'll come back and we'll invite you into a a posture of of, uh, asking specifically around words of knowledge. So just on your own, just begin to pray. So, Father, we ask and give permission for the Holy Spirit just to come right now into this space, into this room. Holy Spirit, would you fall on your people? Would you begin to impart your gifts to them right now in Jesus' name? Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.